Welcome to another exciting message from Journey Church, meeting weekly in Northwest Calgary. At Journey Church, we're encountering God and embracing people. creative team who made that incredible video. It's been so cool kind of seeing and being a part of uh, getting to see these people come forward and with their gifts and their talents and, and using it for the kingdom and for the glory of God. And so, yeah, just give it up for them one more time, too. Uh, it's, it's such an honor being here this morning. It's an honor being um, getting to be on the platform this morning. And I actually just wanted to thank our pastors, Jess and Dave, pastors Jess and Dave, uh, for trusting me enough to, to, to have the platform because, you know, I could totally go off and it would look bad on them. But I'm not going to do that because I don't want to get fired. <laughs> um, I've actually kind of known of Jess, um, of Jess for almost four years. She was a I, I kind of, I guess it was introduced to her a couple, like, years ago at a 403 rally, and this is kind of when I was first beginning my, my degree in, um, in ministry. This is four years ago now. That's crazy. Uh, but even then, like, there weren't a lot of women pastors that I knew, and to kind of see uh, Pastor Jess kind of be on the stage and then just preaching fire and, and knowing that she was a pastor and a preacher and she just had the coolest outfit on, like, I knew that I wanted to be her when I'm um, growing up, and so... Um, it was that moment that I knew that she was someone that I needed to look up to. And so you've been an incredible role model for me, Jess. And I really just wanted to thank you and honor you for that. And um, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for trusting me and, um, and encouraging me and raising me up to be uh, the person and the leader that I am today. And so that I get to stand here uh, this morning. And, and Pastor Dave, thanks for not firing me for drawing on my iPad <laughs> in staff meetings. Can we just give it up for them this morning, too? <laughs> You know, church, our creative conference is coming up, and if you don't already know what that is, like, where have you been the last, like, summer, basically, because we've been talking about it every week. Um, I'm, just, I'm totally kidding, but uh, it, you're thinking, yeah, yeah, well, that, that creative conference is cool, but, like, I mean, it's not really for me. What's the point of it? Um, my heart and my dream has always been to gather people in a, like, who were like me in a place that we could dream together and grow together, grow in faith together and grow in community together. And um, to be gathered in a space where something so crazy and so new could happen. And something that I've been thinking about is the phrase uh, from faith to faith, right? That our faith is inspired by the faith of others. Well, um, could I be so bold to say that, you know, could we grow from creativity to creativity? that one person's creativity would be able to inspire the creativity of others and bring that out of them, awaken creativity. In a few moments, I'll talk about creativity, as I've already been talking about, and we'll really dive into it. Um, but I wanted to encourage you this morning and talk about this conference because we're not trying to build some hype new thing. It's not because we're trying to compete with other church conferences um, and, and convince you that this is the only conference that you'll ever need to attend. That's not my heart. And it's not because we're trying to take your money. It's not because I'm trying to get on the preacher sneakers Instagram. <laughs> this conference is designed to be a safe space where um, photographers, videographers, graphic designers, sound engineers, music producers, social media managers, small business owners, 
um, creative pastors, directors, and leaders could gather in one place and meet people who are like-minded and like-gifted to be able to grow in relationship and community with one another. Because for far too long, creatives, especially in the church, have struggled with creativity and trying to bring creative culture into the church because it isn't a thing. It hasn't been a thing. And I know this because that was me for the longest time. And so I wanted to build a space where everyone can gather, build community, grow in faith together, grow in their craft together and gift. And that's the heart of this conference. And here's the other thing. If you don't feel like you don't belong in any of those categories I just mentioned, um, it's also designed for people who may not necessarily feel like they have a creative gift but are willing to learn. This is a conference designed to equip people not only, to, not only called to creativity but have a willing heart to learn something new that could be so incredibly important and useful for everyday life. So, yeah, like if you think your Instagram feed doesn't look good, we got you, Pastor Jess. <laughs> just kidding but yeah whether you're a business owner a marketer social media or a digital media marketer whatever this conference is for you this is designed for you to step outside of your comfort zone and begin to see the world through the lens of creativity and through the lens of what God sees listen maybe you're new here too and maybe you've never been to church and you decided to be here and I just wanted to let you know that even though we've been talking about this creative conference and creativity this message is for you this is a message for you. So yeah, we're just going to dive into creativity and what that means for us. Dreams, passion, vision. Because I know for a lot of people, creativity can be a sore subject because a lot of us don't see ourselves as creatives or creative. Maybe it was that one teacher in school that said that your drawing was no good because you colored outside the lines. Maybe that art piece lacked something. Maybe your project lacked vision that your project lacked this or that. Maybe it's at work and your boss said that your report wasn't written well enough. Maybe you aren't visioning or dreaming enough for your company. Or you're thinking, you aren't thinking hard enough to get that fundraising. All this language translates into you aren't creative and we've identified as such. So many people hesitate when we're being asked, are you creative because simply we don't think we are. When it comes to today's world, being creative means being a famous painter, artist, writer, poet, or performer. We leave creativity to a select few, an elite, people with a degree in fine arts or education, and we disqualify ourselves from identifying as creative or pursuing anything to do with so-called creativity. And maybe some of you are like, no, I'm not creative, this sermon isn't for me, or this conference isn't for me. But could I challenge you right now and actually speak this over you that you actually are creative and that this is for you. Because the God of the universe that created heaven, earth, space, and time created you in his image and likeness. Therefore, you are creative and creativity is our inheritance. Friends, we have a responsibility to create and to use our creativity to draw people to Jesus. The reality is we live in a post-Christian world. With the rise of the digital age, we as a church have to get creative with how we are reaching people. Because I believe the church is it's called to shift and lead culture and not play catch up to it. You know, I'm so convinced that Calgary is actually a creative city. And beyond the things that make Calgary unique, I can sense that the heartbeat of Calgary is creativity. It's no accident that our city is quickly becoming one of the rising cities in, Calgary, in Canada. Because we are making ourselves known to the world. We are making our mark on the map. 
There's a shift that I've been sensing, and I absolutely believe that God's spirit is moving in this city, compelling us to use our creativity that he's given to us, to use our gifts to draw people to Jesus in ways we've never seen before. There's an incredible opportunity here to share Jesus with the world through the platform of creativity, and I simply want to partner with God um, with what God is doing here, and I hope you guys do too. Amen? You know, early on in the Bible, um, creativity was the heartbeat of God's people. Isn't that crazy? That the heartbeat of, um, that creativity was the heartbeat of God's people. In Exodus 31, verses um, 1 to 5, I'm reading from the Faith Life Study Bible version. Um, it says this, and if you have your Bibles, why don't you just come with me there? Or just read it off the screen. It says this, And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah. And I filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom and with skill, and with knowledge and with every kind of craftsmanship to devise designs, to work with gold and with silver and with bronze, and, with, and in stone cutting for setting and in cutting wood for every kind of craftsmanship. I really love this verse. <laughs> um, I love it. And I, let's, let's break it down. So the background to this is, is that God has called Moses to carry out the work of constructing the tabernacle and all, its, all, of, all of its furnishings. Um, two men, Bezalel and Aholiab, uh, they were commissioned to design the pieces, teach others, and to, to oversee the labor, to oversee the project. And this passage details God activating his creative spirit through um, his people to create things and to design things. He's filling them with his own spirit to give them understanding, knowledge, and skill. Now, listen to this, because like, this, is, this is incredibly important to understand. This right here, this verse right here, is the first time, the first time that the Holy Spirit comes down on anyone in the scripture. Up until this point, the Holy Spirit doesn't come down on someone to prophesy. It doesn't come down on, on someone to heal uh, someone or to preach or ser a sermon. The Holy Spirit comes down on someone for the very first time, and it's to create. Now, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit doesn't come down on someone and fills them with the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit doesn't come down on people to prophesy, heal, perform miracles, or preach the word, because it actually, it absolutely does, Right? But what I am saying is that from Genesis up until this very moment, this is the first time that the Holy Spirit comes down on someone for the sole purpose of creating, to create. This is huge. And although the text says explicitly artists and designers, this doesn't disqualify what creativity could look like and could be used for. Our, creati our creativity is designed to glorify him. And we know that from this passage alone that the Spirit of God works in and through creativity to design, to craft, to build, to dream. To create was a command from God. Yeah, and I chose the Faith Life Study Bible version uh, to read this passage from because I love that they, were, that they used the word um, craftsmanship. It's not in the NIV Bible or whatever, but... Craftsmanship is highly emphasized in these chapters because God was placing his spirit on people to create, to, to build the temple and to, to design it. The careful instruction, the detail to build the temple 
There's a reason why there's emphasis on the workers, on the builders, on the designers, on the craftsmen, and the women working all together to build the temple. Because Jesus, or because God has given us creativity to draw people to Jesus, to him. God gave us creativity to continue building his church here on earth. Now let's go back to the passage. There's something that stands out to me before anything else, and it says this. I have called by name. God commissioned these men uh, for a specific task. Let's keep going. It later says, um, I have filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom and with skill and with knowledge. In the Old Testament, um, specific skills or tasks were often associated with divine enablement. Heightened, wish, ha, um, heightened wisdom in any given area was, was viewed as um, coming from God, who is the source of all wisdom. And this tells me that creativity is a divine gift from God. Verse, says, uh, verse 6 picks up and says this, I have put skill in the heart of all the skilled of heart, and they will make that I have commanded you. We've been called, we've been commissioned, and we've been filled with the Holy Spirit um, with, with skill and with knowledge when we first believed. And now it's our responsibility to draw the hearts of people through the creativity that God has given to you and I. And if we're here to continue building what God has started, um, there's three things I want to pitch to you today. And yes, three things, because I just found out that I am that three-point preacher. So number one... <laughs> Creativity is our inheritance, and I mentioned this earlier, but we have a responsibility to creativity. Um, you know when people, like, ask what your favorite verse in the Bible is, and, and you're just like, oh, yeah, I know what my favorite verse is, John 3.16. Yeah, no. Mine is, um, oh, it is, but it's not quite my favorite one. Um, mine isn't quite a verse, but it's an entire chapter, and every time I tell people what it is, they give me this look. But my favorite, my favorite chapters, I guess, in the Bible are Genesis 1 and 2, uh, because it's the story of how everything came to be. I remember my first year of Bible college, uh, I took an intro to Bible class, and we were learning about creation stories and myths and whatnot, and, and the creation story that we believe in today is found in Genesis 1 and 2. But there are other cultures um, and other like countries that have their own stories or myths about how the world came to be. And the prominent story that I'd learned in this Bible class was about the Babylonian creation story called the Enuma Elish. Elish, Elish, I don't know. Enuma Elish. I won't go into detail about what it is, um, but essentially the takeaway for me from reading that whole story was just how non-relational um, uh, the, the gods and, and humanity was. It was not relational at all. It just, it felt... It was violent, it was gritty, and it just, like, it makes you feel gross on the inside. And you can read it if you want. It's really weird. But it literally was like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like, have you guys seen Kill Bill? I really hope you do. You haven't. It's weird. <laughs> but despite hearing the, the various versions of the creation story from different cultures, I fell in love again and again with the character and the nature of God by reading Genesis over and over that with something as intimate as a whisper, everything came to be. He spoke everything into existence. He said this, and God said, and it came to be. Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28, I'm going to read from the message version, says this. 
Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over the creatures that, that move all ages of the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creative thing that moves on the ground. I don't know if that's a creative or cre creation. I think creation. Sorry, my notes are weird. <laughs> but we are made in his image, in his likeness, and he blessed us. Just with the entire chapter of Genesis 1 alone, I fell in love with the intimacy that God's creative process entails. I fell in love with the fact that God wanted there to be a place for us to be near him. Fast forward to Genesis 2, we find that although God had created the heavens and the earth, there was nothing in it. And he began to fill the earth with trees, streams, animals. And then from dust, from ash, he breathed life into man. Friends, did you know that we are the climax of God's creative activity? When God created everything, he upgraded, he, he complimented it and said that it was good. But when he created man, he went on and upgraded the compliment and said it was very good. Being, in, being created in the image and the likeness of God distinguishes us people from any other earthly creation. You are his masterpiece. You are his magnum opus. You are his greatest achievement. And here's the cool thing. God isn't just described as, or God's image isn't just being described as, as being accessed or in part or given gradually. It's an immediate and an inherent part of being human. It's who we are. Creativity is laced in our DNA. It's at the essence of who we are. When God created us, he breathed life into us, and who he is is reflected in each and every single one of us. Not only are we spiritual beings, but we're also creative beings. You know, in Exodus, creativity or to create was a command from God to Bezalel. And if it's a command for us to create, it's irresponsible for us to neglect the gifts that he has given to us. Even Jesus was a creative guy. Ever thought about that? Jesus the creative. So cool. And we tend not to think of that because, again, he wasn't a painter. He wasn't a musician. But he was a carpenter. Or a stonemason. Not quite sure, but he was one or the other. If you want to debate that, you can email Calvin at myjourney.church. But I think we've been so fixed on what Jesus could do, like his miracles, his character, his nature, and who he is, that we've forgotten that he was also just a regular guy, like the rest of us. He was a carpenter. And can I be so bold to say that he was a craftsman? I mentioned earlier that the significance of a craftsman from the Exodus passage, this is huge, because Jesus could have been anything else. He could have been um, he could have been a vineyard worker, he could have been a fisherman, he could have been a sandal maker, anything. And yet, he was a craftsman and a storyteller. And when Jesus begins his ministry on earth, the way that he went about his miracles was creative. The way that he crafted his parables was creative. And I mean, he had to be. Because if Jesus spoke in a way that was less confusing, it would take out the wonder and the mystery of who he is. If we were to read one of Jesus' parables right now and all it was was face value, all of our sermons would be a lot shorter. <laughs> I 
but there would be no further study to it. And the way that, that God's word, this thing, was written was that we could discover who God is, who Jesus is, and what sets this book apart from every other book that was ever written is the fact that it's living, breathing, alive, and active. That means we get to go back to it and discover over and over again what God is saying to us and what he wants us to know, to discover who he is. There's a reason why they say to, to read God's word with, fresh, with a fresh mindset because he, it gives us new revelation every single time, every time we open it. God always wants to show us something new. And if we've discovered him, then it allows for us to rediscover him and who he is. And that's the beauty of the wonder and the mystery. And we're called to continue his creativity because that's how Jesus platformed his ministry. Creativity is our inheritance. It's a gift given by God, and we must be able to use it for his kingdom, for his glory. And if we don't know how to get there, let's start with wonder. Number two, comparison kills creativity. This one's big. This, this is the reason why we don't believe we're creative. Earlier I mentioned something about disqualifying ourselves as um, creatives because maybe we were told some lies over our lives that you couldn't do a certain creative thing. Does anyone remember being in elementary school and um, that we were told that we weren't good at coloring just because we colored outside the lines? And we begin to carry that with the rest of our lives, stopping ourselves from pursuing anything creative because we were simply told something as simple as, you can't color in the lines you're not creative. Listen to this. The lies that are spoken over us, if told enough times, can hinder us from doing what is originally intended for us. It comes in the form of comparison. It comes in the form of discouragement. It comes in the form of distraction, anxiety. For me, what that looks like is a little like this. Oh, that graphic wasn't good enough. Oh, that video doesn't look good. Oh, the Instagram feed doesn't look good. Your work will never be good as someone else's. This is because somewhere in my mind, I've created a framework or an expectation drawn from someone else's work to compare against my own. This is often what discourages me because I end up creating, what I end up creating may not look exactly what I've idealized in my head. And then I want to throw my laptop away because I just spent three hours working on a video that I hate. <laughs> but comparison kills creativity. And the enemy does what he can to stop us from achieving what could be absolutely revolutionary to the kingdom of God and to God's plan. You know, John 10.10 says this, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The enemy is after our creativity. Because our creativity, if stewarded well, could actually be the enemy's worst nightmare. Creativity is something that is laced in our DNA. The Bible tells us that. We are made in the image of God, and if God, the creator of the universe, created us in his image, that means inheritance, our inheritance is creativity. And the enemy will do absolutely everything necessary to make sure that we don't use that creativity to draw people to Jesus. He will do everything that he can to make sure that our gifts are suppressed. It's almost easier to believe the lies and, the and, and, and live in mediocrity than to step out of our comfort zones and pursue the passion in our heart. We stop ourselves because of comparison. And it looks like this. Oh, I'm now just a Sabatino. I can't work the stage that she does, like the way she can. I'm no Marissa Odd. I can't sing like she can. I'm no Phil. I can't play the keys like he can. I can't 
I'm not an interior designer like Anna Ruth. I can't do interiors like she can. That, friends, kills our creativity. Comparison stops us from trying to get better at speaking. Comparison stops us from trying to join the worship team. Comparison stops us from stepping out and exploring our creativity. But in case you didn't notice, we, and you and I, everybody in here, are God's handiwork. We are his workmanship. We are God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10 says this, We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works he would do to fulfill it. You have been uniquely designed by God, given incredible purpose. We must use our creativity to fulfill the destiny that he's given to us. Number three, redeeming creativity. I've been talking a lot about how our creativity is linked to our identity. That if God created us in his image, um, in his likeness, then we are no less creative than our creative father. Can I say that again? That if God created us in his image, in his likeness, we are no less creative than our creative father. We are not just spiritual beings. We are creative beings. All of this is found at the very beginning of the Bible. It's our inheritance. A few months ago, Pastor Calvin preached a message at youth. It's really good um, about going back to the beginning. That because we were designed to look like God right from the beginning, this allows us to tap into who he is to remind us who we are. In our thoughts about identity, we need to go back to the beginning. When God designed the garden, he designed it out of the palace of heaven, a sanctuary. It was a perfect place with perfect things. And I've been thinking about this, and what occurred to me was that the garden isn't just a sanctuary, it's a source. If you don't think that you can be used by God, go back to the beginning. If you don't think that you're gifted, go back to the beginning. If you don't think you're creative, go back to the beginning. If you don't think you're called, worthy, or loved, go back to the beginning. He knew exactly who you would become. He knew exactly who I would become. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story, and then we'll close. And we're we're going to call the worship team back up. But years ago, I was at a worship night, um, just soaking in God's presence, and we were worshiping, we were singing, and we went into like this spontaneous prophetic worship. And if you don't know what that is, it's a moment in worship where it's not rehearsed and. The songs and the, and the words being sung by the worship leader is almost just coming out of their hearts on the spot. It's really cool. Um, and this worship leader this one night began singing these words. I will restore in you all the years that the locusts have eaten. I will restore in you all the dreams that you have forgotten. And I never forgot that night. I never forgot that song because it was so significant to me at the time because I was struggling. I, was, I let a couple dreams of mine die uh, because I thought they were unattainable. But the song stirred something new in me um, and reminded me of who I was in light of who my father was. Would you believe me if I told you that becoming a pastor uh, or working at church was never something I had in mind? I just never felt called to be a pastor. I, never called, I was never called to work at a church. I, I didn't feel like that. And to be honest, I wanted to move to L.A. I wanted to become a singer-songwriter. I wanted to go down the get-rich-and-famous route. I love Jesus, and I loved my Christian friends, but I wasn't a fan of the church because I'd been hurt by it. Um, 
I came from two church splits, and I've been deceived, I've been used, I've been lied to. I still love Jesus, but I didn't want to be anything to do with the church or, or his people because I was wary. Of course, I didn't feel um, called to be a pastor or work at a church. But a few years ago, after all the church splits, um, all the things that hurt us uh, began to pick up the pieces. Our little community began a new church where my parents and my sister still serve faithfully at today. And they're going into their sixth year as a church, um, and it's actually absolutely thriving. Uh, because of the events that ha- um, our church had gone through, uh, there was a lot of healing and a lot of fixing that needed to take place. I felt, a des- like I felt a burning desire in my heart to help grow the youth group because they'd been hurt as well. And we'd grown up together, and, and all of our students were like family to me. They were like my little brothers and sisters, and I just caught a heart for them. And I met other youth pastors from around the city, um, and I was uh, invited to attend their groups and kind of see how they did youth ministry uh, to, give, to help me give ideas for ours. And I was so inspired by how different youth groups did their thing because for a large chunk of my life, I thought youth ministry had to be done a certain way or, or led by certain people, chosen people. And it was so incredibly healing for me to be invited into other groups and to do life with people and that some of those people are still my best friends to this day. I caught a heart for youth ministry, and the way that I was going to go about building the youth group was to catch a heart for creativity. And then I began having crazy dreams for this city. I had dreams of reaching people in ways that we've never thought about before. Like literally dreams that were too big or too crazy to even come to life. And within honoring the vision of um, the pastors and the direction that our church was going, I just felt like I couldn't do that where I was at. It felt too big for a small church. And I also felt to become, I also felt called to become a youth pastor. But I knew that I couldn't really pursue that because um, I didn't want to step on on toes or step on authority. So my dreams of ministry um, began to slowly die. And I found myself becoming discouraged and disheartened. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this isn't the plan for this isn't the plan that God had for my life. But I continued serving. I knew that's, that's at least what I could do, the least that I could do. And then months later, God opened up a door. <laughs> he actually opened up multiple doors over the course of an eight-month period. And I'd received the blessing from our pastors to pursue what I was called to do. And opportunity after opportunity, like the doors just kept opening. And I'll just say one of those doors led me here where I am today. And I get to do what I do. I get to do creative things. I get to do youth ministry. I get to be on staff with leadership, with, with the leadership here, and I get a seat at the table. God always restores. He redeems dreams that have died. He restores things that you've let slide. And going back to that prophetic song from that one night, it comes out of Joel 2, and it says this, um, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. Sometimes God plants dreams in our hearts that seem unattainable. Sometimes he places a passion or desire in our hearts that seem like they can't be achieved, and so we let them die. Maybe he gives us gifts that seem way too crazy or outside of our comfort zones to use because we're afraid of being ridiculed or attacked. So we suppress them or try to lock them up in a box and put them away for another time. And maybe creativity is one of them. You know, the, the history shows that the church was at the forefront of creativity. 
Take a look at all the cathedrals. Take a look at the churches, statues, paintings, architecture from holy cities. It was so new. It was so unique and different. It was revolutionary. We were leading creativity. We were leading culture. And then somewhere along the way, we got nervous about it, and we stopped. We stopped creating. Maybe God has given you an insane, crazy dream or vision, and maybe that dream has died somewhere along the way because of a lie that was told over your life, or it seemed too big or too impossible. But here's the thing. Nothing is too big or impossible for God. Nothing scares him. Our fear doesn't scare him. Our doubts doesn't change who he is. When he created us, we were invited to be a part of what he had for us. You and I are part of that vision. His creative process was always intended for it to be a collaborative one. Just like our relationship with Jesus, it's a collaborative one. Think of this, the creator of the universe is available and right by our side. Don't you think we should invite him into our creative process of doing life? We need him and we need to partner with God to let him do what he wants to do through us. We are called to be a creative people and that may not necessarily look like a conventional artist, a musician, or a designer. Creativity looks like the dentist who is passionate about perfecting, their, perfecting people's smiles. Dentistry is their art. Creativity looks like the woman who loves knitting blankets and sweaters for children who aren't fortunate enough to have warm clothing for the winter. Knitting is her art. Creativity looks like an accountant whose mom is passionate about numbers and finances and loves educating her daughters and their friends on managing their finances because that could be the way to teach the next generation how to spend their money wisely. Numbers is her art. Creativity looks like the poor young boy in the Philippines who devised a drum kit out of buckets and trash, trash, lint, trash can lids because rhythm runs through his heart and soul and he will do whatever it takes to carry out the beat that runs through his veins. Resourcefulness is his art. Creativity is collaborating with God to allow him to be glorified through what we do. Wherever we find ourselves, whether that's at work, at school, at home, or at the park, God created you with great intention because you are his work of art. Who you are is a reflection of who he is. Don't undersell or undervalue yourselves because you don't think you fit to a standard. I'm going to tell you right now, you are God's standard. If he's given you the ability to do something, don't keep questioning if you're able. You're able. Come on, you're able. And this morning, I think what God wants to do is to restore dreams that have died, to restore parts of our hearts that might have been hurt because of a lie or things that have happened to us that have caused us to grow bitter, to restore dreams that we had when we were younger but never, were never able to see it come to pass because we might not have had the right resources or tools, but God wants to restore. You are not a mistake. When God created you, you weren't a mistake. Your gifts aren't a mistake. What you have been given is not a mistake. God has given you um, specific gifts and talents for specific reasons. It may not look like holding a paintbrush and painting a picture. It might not be holding a chisel and sculpting a sculpture from stone. And for some, your gifts may be shown in obvious ways, but for others, it might take a little chiseling away to find out what you're truly gifted in. And whether or not you are aware of what your creative gifts or what your creativity looks like, know that your gift exists to rescue others.
Because what you do may be able to bring people to Jesus. Whether you find yourself working in the business world, medical field, education, fine arts, media, digital media, music, trades. In everything you do, in whatever you're educated in, gifted in, or passionate about, may that be able to use, um, or <laughs> whatever you're in can be used to draw people to Jesus. Maybe you've never heard this message before. Maybe you walked into church because you're just around the corner, or you're curious, or maybe you just came right off of the train station. Maybe a friend or family member invited you to be here. Maybe you came to church because you need something, anything, hope love, a reason to believe. Maybe you came to church to learn more about this Jesus guy that we've been talking about. Or maybe you're the one that needs a little rescuing. Listen, God wants to make a connection with you today, regardless of, um, regardless of whether you were here to hear about creativity or not. In Genesis, when God created humanity, he, um, he, he created us with incredible purpose and intention. That from before we were even born, he knew exactly who you were going to become. But because of the fall, um, humanity began its dark path of sin. But here's the good news. God fashioned an entire plan of redemption to save us. From the very moment humanity fell in the garden, God fashioned a plan of redemption for us because he loved us. He's chasing us down so much that he would send his own son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. He loves you and he wants you. All he needs is your yes. So this morning, why don't we just stand and with, with every eye closed and every head bowed. If you want to make a decision to follow Jesus this morning, could you just raise your hand? Thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that you were here. Thank you that you were moving. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is here and moving. Thank you that you're here and comforting us in this very moment, God. And Lord, I pray that as we as we continue pressing into your presence, into, um, into worship, God, I pray that you would just remind us Remind us to go back to the beginning. For all the dreams that have died, God, I pray that you will just awaken and restore something new. And if, God, if we're, feeling, if we're feeling discouraged, disheartened, we're probably bitter about something, God, I pray that you would just remove that in the name of Jesus right now. That you would just fill us with your love. That you would fill us with your hope and with your peace. And that all of this is accessible because of what you did on the cross. Jesus, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to us today. For more information about who we are, head over to myjourney.church or look for us on your favorite social media outlet.